please pray with me. Beautiful and gracious God. You love us so much. And sometimes, Lord, we lose sight of it. And so I pray that as we look to you today, Lord, you would speak to us. Speak to us the word that we need to hear from you today. Draw us close. Give us ears to hear the message that you would speak to us this day. We look to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't, at nighttime, I don't sleep with my wedding ring on. I don't know how many of you girls do this. Um, I don't want it to get caught on the covers, and I tend to put my hands under my head when I sleep, and, uh, and so that it hurts my finger, and I don't want it to get misshapen. And so I take it off before I go to bed, and I put it on my nightstand. And then in the morning, usually, I remember to put it back on. Um, lately, I've been working night shift, and, uh, and I can't sleep too well during the day, and so I'm a little tired, brained, and sleep-deprived sometimes. And one day last week, when I finally had an opportunity to go to bed at nighttime, like the rest of the world does, um, I, I went to bed and I forgot to take my ring off. And I must have laid on it and been uncomfortable and taken it off in the middle of the night, but not had the conscience to put it on the nightstand, because when I woke up, the ring was not on my finger, and the ring was not on my nightstand. And so I started to panic a little bit, because my ring is a special gift from me to me from my husband that reminds us of the bond that we have. And so I looked all over the bedroom and I couldn't find it. And in my panicky state, I started to like, you know, complain to Carl and alarm him. I'm like, it's gone. My ring that you gave me, it's gone, this gift. And I didn't take care of it. I'm so sorry and it's gone. And Carl's like, oh my gosh, could you stop being so dramatic? You had it on your finger when you went to bed. You didn't leave the house. The ring didn't get up and walk away on its own. It's here. It isn't gone forever. You're just not looking. Uh, yeah, I'm looking like crazy, okay? Look at me, I'm looking like crazy. And Carl's like, more like a crazy person. And so he said, look, calm down. I'll help you look for it. Maybe if you try lifting some of these blankets and pillows out of the way, or maybe if you get down on your knees and you look under the bed, You'll find it here. Just calm yourself down. Believe you're going to find it. And you got to look better. Okay? you got to look better. That's why I keep that man in my life. Because when I'm losing it, he's right there to help me find it. We're in a sermon series called Preach That Sermon. And we have invited you, our church family, to submit to us the requests about what you want us to preach on. Now, last week, Pastor Johnson taught us all about the doctrine of predestination and versus free will. Can I tell you that I was glad not to be it that week? He put that list in front of me, and I'm like, yeah, not it with predestination, okay? But this one, this question is kind of right up my alley. And so I'm praying that this topic is going to speak to you in some way. Here's the question. What does the Bible say for those who have recovered from substance abuse and are trying to get back their faith in God? And I want to speak to that. I do want to speak to that. 
Y'all know I spent a number of years working with people who do struggle with substance abuse, and helping them find their faith again is where my heart is at. But I also want to say that substance abuse is only one of the many, many, many things that cause us to doubt our faith, to question our God. And as I looked through the scriptures to find a scripture that might speak to this issue of questioning our faith versus losing our faith, God led me to this story that we heard read this morning in Mark chapter 9. I believe that it really closely, if we look at it really closely, we will see that this scripture points to a lot of the things in this life that cause us to question. And because God is good and God is God, and because God's word is here to help us, as we look at it closely, I think we're going to see an answer of how, when all of these things come at us and cause us to question our faith, we can get it back. So what are the things that cause us to doubt or to question or to lose our faith? I want to see if any of these hit home with you. One of them is, in fact, struggle with addiction. If any of you know someone who has struggled with addiction, and I believe that we probably all have met someone, you'll know that a very scary thing happens. The addiction, while they're in it, takes over that person's life. They are driven, in a sense, by that addiction. And it clouds their judgment. And it takes over their thought processes. Addiction hijacks a person, and it turns them into someone that they know is not themselves. And it is hard work for them to overcome it. And even when you're able to get it under control, that addiction calls out to you, and it torments you, and it causes you to always have to work really hard to resist it. Two very dear friends of mine watched their grandson struggle with heroin addiction. And he, with God's help, was able to get himself clean from that. And he was able to stay that way for a number of years. And he told my friends several years into his recovery, he said, Graham, it torments me every day. It is the first thing I think of in the morning, and it is the last thing I think of before I fall asleep. And every moment in between, I have to fight to keep it at bay. It is a daily struggle. It is a daily struggle, and so I can see how struggling with addiction can cause a person to have doubt and to lose their faith. I don't believe that we're seeing a picture of addiction here in March 9, in Mark 9, but we do see a father who is watching his son struggle and be tormented and be ruined by something that is not of himself. And it has lasted for years. I don't doubt that all throughout his life that father prayed that his son would be delivered from that. And I don't doubt that when he was well, the son prayed to be delivered from this horrible thing. And yet, it seemed as though those prayers were not being heard. And so the struggle ensued and it continued on and on to the point where all this father could say was, Lord, I believe that you can help him, help my unbelief. I wonder how many of us have doubted or questioned our faith in God because we have watched a loved one struggle or because we have struggled ourselves. And how many of us who are and have been believers suddenly 
have doubts and suddenly have questions to the point where all they can say is, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Another thing that causes us to lose our faith in God is tragic events. Several years ago, I have a cousin who was murdered by an ex-boyfriend, leaving her seven-year-old daughter parentless. And my aunt, her mother, who had been very active in her church and a very faithful woman, she doubted the goodness and the existence of our God after that happened, and she stopped going to church. She was a believing woman who struggled with unbelief because of a horrible and senseless tragedy in her life. And I wonder how many of us have doubts and questions because of tragic things that we've seen or we've experienced. How many people question their faith or question the goodness of our God after seeing terrible crimes against the children in our world or after seeing injustices or catastrophes that cause people to lose everything or after hearing of mass shootings. Tragic events, man, they put a big assault on our faith, and they cause us very often to ask the question, why, God, why did this happen? Or how could you allow this to happen, God? And along with the questions creeps in the doubt, and the doubt starts to lead us to a place of unbelief, and all we can do is cry out, Lord, I believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. How about this? Other Christians. Other Christians. In preparing for this sermon, I was talking to a very dear friend of mine. And he said to me, well, you know, I fell away from my faith and away from the church for like 10 years because of some terrible things that were said to me by a pastor. And I'm willing to bet that my friend is not alone in that. How many of us doubt the Lord because his disciples just don't get it right? Too often, folks, we put our faith in the people of the church when our faith really should be in the Christ of the church. This father, he brought his son to Jesus' disciples and they couldn't fix it. They couldn't make this right. But the father still, even so, brought his son to the Lord Jesus. He did not lose faith in the Christ of the church because the people of the church couldn't get it right. Once I heard a preacher ask this question in like one of those little one-minute sermon blurbs that we get online. He said, have you ever gone to a restaurant and had a bad server? You know, one that was rude or one that just got everything wrong that he put on your table. And that pastor said, well, you still eat, don't you? You don't give up on the food because the one who delivered it to you was a jerk. <laughs> Same thing here, folks. Please don't give up on the food of the word of God and the promises of God because the person that delivered it to you couldn't get it right. And that's a short list. Right? That is a very short list. There are so many more things in life that life piles onto us that cause us to doubt, that cause us to question, that cause us to waver in our faith. Rejection by another, pain in our bodies, struggle, financial hardship, loss of something or someone that's important to you, unanswered questions. You know what causes you to doubt. You know what causes you to question in this life. And that's what I want to speak to today. So it's different for every single person, but that's what I want to speak to. And here's what I want to say to it. There is a difference between doubting and losing your faith. 
There is a difference between doubting and completely losing your faith. And I thank God that there is. Just because you are doubtful doesn't mean you are faithless. To doubt means to have questions. It means to be uncertain about something. It means to hesitate to believe. That's what Merriam-Webster says about doubt. To doubt is to have questions. Church family, we are allowed to have questions. God welcomes us. He welcomes us to ask the questions, even the hard ones. And our God is a big God and he can handle our questions. Why, God, am I suffering like this? Why am I having to watch my children struggle? Why did this happen to me, Lord? And where were you while all this was going down? Because I'm having a hard time making sense of you when I see all of this. God can handle it. Doubt and questions, they all arise out of our circumstances. And God understands that when big things happen, when bad things happen, you and I long to know why. It's only natural. But when you and I ask the why to God, do you know what that shows right there? It shows that we believe he's there. It shows that we do have faith that he's got the answer. So ask the questions. It's okay. Questioning doesn't mean that you've lost your faith. It just means that you don't see it right now. And you got to look better. So even after the disciples had failed him, his father brought his son to Jesus, okay? That shows that he had faith. He's saying, I haven't seen yet, Lord Jesus, that you have healed my son, but here, here I am asking for you to do it. Faith is a conscious choice to trust, even when you cannot see the result. And so this father came to Jesus because he had faith that Jesus had what it was that he needed. Though he had questions, though he had doubts, this man came to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Friends, the things that happen in this life, they ask us. They definitely cause us to ask the hard questions. The things that happen to us in this life, they cause us to doubt. But let me tell you this. Faith isn't the absence of of questions. Faith isn't the absence of doubt. It's the tool to help you overcome it. That boy's father believed that Jesus had the answer. That tells me he had faith. And so he went to Jesus and he asked him the question. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. This father wasn't asking Jesus to decrease his doubts. He was asking that Jesus would increase his faith. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord Jesus, right here in the middle of my hardship, right here in the middle of my addiction, right here in the middle of my struggle to continue to trust that you are who you say you are and that you can do what you will say you will do. That is what needs to be our prayer. Increase my faith, Lord, even in the face of my questions and my doubt. Increase my faith, that you are here, even though my circumstances are preventing me from seeing you. Increase my faith that you are for me, 
even when it looks like there's a whole bunch of things in this world that are against me. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That needs to be our prayer when we start to falter. And when that is our prayer, he will do it. So there's Carl and me in the bedroom, looking for my ring. Me in a panic, thinking that this thing that's so precious to me is lost forever. I'm never going to get it back. And him reminding me, even though you can't see it right now, doesn't mean it's not there. You just got to look better and trust that you're going to find it again. I can't see it right now, but it's here somewhere. Maybe, folks, when we have doubts and questions, we can't see our faith very clearly. But maybe it's there somewhere. Maybe we just misplace our faith for a while when life comes up against us. And so how do we find and how do we get back to this thing that we think we have lost? How do we get it back? Can I tell you? First, how desperate, how burdened I am that each one of you would hear the word that the Lord has to speak to you today. Because when I read that question that somebody submitted, and when I thought even for a moment that someone from my beloved church family felt as though they lost their faith, my heart hurt. My heart hurt. Because I don't even understand. I cannot wrap my mind around how someone could make it through this life without faith in the God who loves us and who sustains us and who provides for us and who strengthens us and who comforts us and who carries us through. When my dad died suddenly and unexpectedly, my faith in God is the only thing that got me up out of bed in the morning. If I didn't have faith in the God that took him to heaven and kept him safe until the day when I see him again, I would not have had any peace. I wouldn't have been able to get out of bed in the morning. I wouldn't have been able to carry on without my faith. When I was wronged at work and I lost my job and my integrity and my sense of self-worth and my sense of stability and my direction in this life, my faith in God... And in God's provision for my life is the only thing that kept me from acting on the thoughts that the enemy put in my head that I would be better off not in this world. Faith in God literally saved my life. Because faith in God is the gift that he gives me to remind me of the bond that he has with me. And the understanding that it is so easy for us in this world and under our circumstances to feel as though we've lost our faith in God, it makes me desperate to say the right thing to you today, okay? And so I pray that the Holy Spirit today does the speaking and that the Spirit does the stirring because I am nothing. And because the faith that we have comes from the Spirit of God. It is a gift that is given to us from God. To remind us of the bond that he has to us. Whether or not we can see it at any given moment. So what do we got to do when we have doubt so much that we feel like we've lost our faith? 
The answer is in the scripture that we heard this morning in verse 24. And let me read it for you. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He was standing right there in front of the Lord Jesus when he said that. And he admitted to Jesus that he had doubt. And he asked the Lord to help him with his doubt. And that's what you and I need to do when we have doubts and when we have questions. Help me, Lord, with my unbelief. And let me tell you, when you say, help me, help my unbelief, power happens. Because guess what he does? He helps your unbelief. He meets you right there in the middle of your questions. He meets you right there in the middle of your doubt. He meets you right there in the middle of your crisis of faith. The Lord Jesus healed that boy and he took him by the hand and he gave him to his father. Because sometimes the greatest miracles in our lives are hidden beneath the biggest doubts of our minds. And we can only realize those miracles when we ask the Lord for his help. And when we follow up that by asking, we're looking better. We're looking better. And he gives us the answer. Back to the bedroom. So Carl and I started looking for that lost thing, that lost ring together. Carl lifted the blankets and the pillows off the bed and rifled his way through all the clutter to try and find it. And I got down on my knees and I looked under the bed and behind a sock, there it was. Guess what I found? It was there all along. I just had to ask for some help. I had to move some stuff out of the way. And I had to get down on my knees to find it again. Are you struggling with addiction? Are you wrestling with the why questions? Are you feeling lost or rejected or jilted or worthless or alone? And are you wondering why? It is okay to ask God why. It is okay to ask the questions. It's okay to have doubts. It's even okay to have unbelief. But you got to get down on your knees and you got to ask the Lord to help you. And guess what? You got to find some faithful friends to help you look better. You move some stuff and some obstacles that are hindering your sight out of the way. And I'll tell you that you will find your miracle right there underneath all of those doubts. And when you do, that's where you're going to find your faith again. It wasn't lost. It was just buried under a whole bunch of stuff. And you needed to look better. Church, let's look better together. And let's find our faith. Heavenly Father, I pray for anyone who is struggling with questions this day. I know that you're big enough to answer those questions. And so I pray that you give us the strength to trust you and come to you and ask the very questions that are haunting us. Confident that you will give us an answer. Might not be the answer we're looking for, but it'll be the answer we need. When we struggle in our faith, God, help us to look better. Surround us with people who will help us to do that. We love you. We need you. We look to you. In Jesus' name, amen.